What we just heard from the Gospel of John, it is Jesus' farewell discourse. And a lot of different threads, a lot of different themes are, are pulled together. He is sharing his typical reversals. Jesus is talking about glory. And when we imagine what that may mean, I don't think we imagine a horrid death on the cross. He also talks about loving our lives and hating our lives. And he doesn't mean, you know, not enjoying life or not being fully present to life. But he's inviting us to love our lives in living sacrificially, in living so present to God and God's work in the world that we are ready and open. Jesus offers up this example of the mystery of plants, the tiny seed that disappears underneath the surface of the ground. 2,000 years ago, I don't know that they knew exactly what was happening, and we understand that a little differently today. But the seed, the small, small, tiny, sometimes almost too hard to see entity, is buried and disappears. And then at some point, it is transformed underneath the earth, and something new breaks through and begins to grow. Different seeds look different ways and create different sorts of plants. And then those plants drop their own seeds to perpetuate that. A single seed scattered around can grow and grow into an entire field. And Jesus is offering up this image to help us begin to glimpse, begin to have a taste of understanding of what resurrection means. Here we are on the fifth Sunday of Lent. We've sort of gotten over the, the, the depths of Lent, perhaps, as we grow closer and closer moving into Holy Week, beginning with Palm Sunday, this coming Sunday, and then we move through those last few days of Jesus' life on earth. And here he is wrapping it all together. Now, the speech that he gives, it starts off because there are a group of Greek people who have come to celebrate Passover, to honor this sacred ritual. And Jesus, he was Jewish. He was steeped in the scriptures, the holy stories that he knew. And he was speaking to the people that, that lived near him, that were in the surrounding areas. And he spent these past three years teaching and healing and preaching and befriending. And then this, this turning point happens when this whole other group of people, this other community, breaks in and they, they approach Jesus' disciple Philip and they say, we want to see Jesus. Philip, who was one of the first disciples to be called by Jesus at the beginning of his ministry, goes to Andrew. Andrew was also one of the first named disciples who was called by Jesus. And Philip and Andrew, their names carry some, a sense of Greek. They have Greek names. And so it makes sense that the, the people from this other area have come to learn about Jesus, to see Jesus. And this reminds us, this takes us back to Jesus' early days in ministry. And then Jesus continues to talk to the crowd, and at the end, 
There is this sound that some hear as thunder, other hear, others hear it as an angelic voice. And I imagine that also takes us back to the beginning of things, to remember, to recall Jesus' baptism and the voice that came from heaven. This is my beloved, my chosen one, in whom I am well pleased. Well, here we are today. We know how the story is going to unfold. We know what is going to happen. And I don't wonder if that makes it harder for us to enter into this miracle, this mystery. Scholar and writer Debbie Thomas writes this reflection on the gospel today. What would happen if we could shake ourselves out of our familiarity for a few minutes and see with new eyes what happened on Good Friday? God died. Jesus willingly took on the violence, the contempt, the hatred of this world, and absorbed them all into his own body. He chose to be the victim, the scapegoat, the sacrifice. He refused to waver in his message of universal love, grace, and liberation, knowing full well that the message would cost him his life. He declared solidarity for all time with those who are abandoned, colonized, oppressed, accused, imprisoned, beaten, mocked, and murdered. He burst open like a seed so that new life would grow and replenish the earth. He took an instrument of torture and turned it into a vehicle of hospitality and communion for all people everywhere. He loved and he loved and he loved all the way to the end. What would happen if we could shake ourselves from the familiarity for a few minutes and see with new eyes? This was posted online back a week ago, long before the horrendous actions that happened on Tuesday in Atlanta. And yet, within this, it's contained the space to see that our world is still full of hatred, of hurt, of pain. It breaks my heart to think of all the people of our world who live in fear of their safety. Dr. Christina Cleveland, um, in her book Disunity in Christ, she's a social psychologist and an anti-racism worker. She talks about being within our own culture and moving beyond our culture. She talks about all of the underlying issues that just make it really hard for us to venture forth and step out into spaces that feel uncomfortable. And yet, that is our call. Jesus, in this text today, invites us to follow him. And where he went, uncharted territory with the lost, the least. Dr. Christina Cleveland suggests that while within our own culture is often the space where we meet Jesus, where we see Jesus for the first time, to truly follow him, to truly step into discipleship, we need to step beyond where we live comfortably, beyond our own culture. Because it is in meeting others that Christ's 
kingdom actually is made manifest and revealed and grows. Circle back to Jesus' image of that seed which falls to the ground. I'm reminded of our human tendency to want to hold tightly to those things that are important to us, but also to those things that we feel will keep us safe. I imagine holding on to the seeds, we want to hold on to them so that we know we will have what we need for tomorrow and the years to come. And I have this image. My kids are sort of out of this stage now, but when they were younger and learning to grab hold of toys, when they were first learning how their hands worked and what they could control and do with them, they might see a toy, and they were so present in the moment and so excited that they would grab the toy and have such pleasure and delight. But then if something else caught their eye, They were so present to that next delight that they would easily release what they had grasped hold of to go in search of something new. I don't wonder if Jesus is inviting him and following us to take those seeds or whatever it is that we hold on to tightly and to loosen our hold, to loosen our grip, to be present to who we are and who God is and how we are invited into the world in such a way to love our lives in such a way we are willing to live sacrificially and and let go of those things we feel like we need to hold on to. Last week we were reminded of the art we create with the very way we live our lives. This week we are invited to follow Jesus, to trust in God. Our invitation is to to let go, to loosen our grips, to open our hearts, and to let that mystery of the resurrection, that mystery of the growth that we know will eventually break free from the earth, to be revealed, to be made manifest. Because there's one thing that the stories of Scripture that our sacred stories teach us is that we are certain to be surprised. Maybe we open to God's surprising work among us.